I believe that the power of story has the ability to change lives. It has the ability to inform. It has the ability to create more connections between those who are not like us, who are born in the same circle of culture, faith, gender, race, ethnicity. But wow, we learn a lot about each other through our stories. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marian Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a pen nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today on Amplify Nursing, we talk with Barbara Glickstein, founder of Barbara Glickstein Strategies. With backgrounds in public health and nursing, health reporting, and media strategy, Barbara has been involved in amplifying nursing voices and developing healthcare leaders throughout her career. She is a co-producer of the Health Cetera podcast, which focuses on evidence-based health news, analysis, and commentary, as well as a board member of Project Kesher, a global Jewish feminist women's advocacy organization. Barbara talks with us about how her early exposure to news, policy, and activism shaped her career interests, the power of storytelling, incorporating personal interests into nursing care, her work with Project Kesher, and how nurses can make their voices heard. So Barbara, welcome to Amplify Nursing. I have been wanting to have you on our podcast since we started this podcast. So I am so happy you are able to talk with us now. I'm really thrilled to be here. And I think there are, there's always a time to talk about this work. And today's the day. Today's the day. So let's start out. You have such an incredible background. I'd love to hear where you started and how that led you into the work you do today in nursing and as a media strategist. If I can, I'll go back just briefly to my early life and early childhood, growing up in a home where news and newspapers and discussion about national issues, civics, and sometimes global issues if they impacted the way our family lived. Um, I'm one of four children. My parents were working class people. My father drove a truck. My mother worked in a factory but they were very engaged in community work and with the Democratic Party. I heard my mother get on the phone with our elected Congress, local council members and Congress people and letting them know her opinion about things. So for me, news policy and activism was very integrated into my growing up. And I never saw it as anything other than what a citizen does when they care about themselves, their family and their communities. And I've always noticed that there were things in the news that particularly stuck out at me. And early on, I uh, was involved in healthcare. Prior to nursing school, I was very involved in women's health. I worked in a, a reproductive health clinic. I went back to nursing after another degree. And while uh, there was not yet during that time, I graduated in 85, an accelerated nursing program. I had a biology degree. So at New York University School of Nursing, I just insisted they let me take courses 
and take exams to pass me out of courses that I'd already taken. So I created my own um, accelerated BSN program. And in my senior year, Dr. Connie Vance, who's now a colleague and friend, said that we can do a, a sort of our capstone project, which I decided I wanted to make a video, a documentary about nurses in political action in New York State. And she asked me, have you ever done a video documentary before? And I said, no. And being the wise woman and mentor that her area of scholarship and expertise is, she said to herself, but I subsequently heard the story out loud, well, what am I going to do? She wants to make a documentary. So I set out with a colleague, uh, Leslie Stein, who was in my class at the time, and we had a huge camera at those days. You actually sat on your shoulder, not like using your iPhone or Android now, or even a smaller camera. And we interviewed five nurses about their political action. I'll just share two. One was an emergency uh, department nurse who herself, prior to becoming active in the policy uh, realm, was living in a gender violence situation with her spouse. And because of her proximity to New York City and other EDs where they all knew each other, when she was hurt, she had to leave the city and go further out into an ED department for her care. So people, when people came in, um, in a similar gender violence situation, it was as though she saw who they were and knew who they were because that was her. When she finally got out of that situation and safe, she started working on the state level to educate healthcare providers about domestic and gender violence. The other nurse was one of the first nurses to identify while being a street nurse or a, uh, on the street with unhoused people, she and another nurse identified early on dual diagnosis, which is when a person has a substance abuse issue, an underlying mental health issue that's never been diagnosed or treated. She's now a dean, uh, was a dean of a school of nursing. I've shared updates with her, you know, 25 years, 20 years later, where she told me that there are nursing students who are unhoused living in their cars or couch surfing among friends. So these issues are still relevant. And I got on a radio program called at the time, Every Woman's Space produced by nurses. After the show, I said, I want to do this. And that launched my career in media. Sorry for the long answer, but that's my story. No, I mean, I find it incredible. I'm always talking about nurses should be telling their stories. And the what you're doing is a prime example of how we can take the skills, knowledge, passions we have as nurses and use our voices in such a larger way. So I'm curious, what was it about the documentary or about storytelling that made you want to keep doing those things as a nurse? Like I know that you were in your family read a lot of news and newspapers, but what was it about journalism or storytelling that you thought this is what I want to do? I think like all of us, you know, I listen to the radio for my news and what I do in my media training is always encourage nurses, the data is critical, your research, your clinical expertise, but what do people remember? They remember the story. So when you can engage people by telling them the story, and as Dr. Jessica Peck has just recently taught me in one of her new books about parenting teenagers, listen with your face. Really look at the person, not just listen and be distracted. And that's something else that I think a lot of us are is multitasking and distracted. So in-person storytelling is one thing. Another is being able to sit and just listen. 
And I think stories enter our heart. And when something enters our heart, we often reflect on it. What did that mean to me? Why is this story important to that person? How did they enter into that story and want to share it with me? Those are relationship building. Those are the human behavior that I think we all love and strive to have more of in our lives. So that's why, Marion, I believe that the power of story has the ability to change lives. It has the ability to inform. It has the ability to create more connections between those who are not like us, who are born in the same circle of culture, faith, gender, uh, race, ethnicity. But wow, what we can learn from each other, from even asking one story, like what was your childhood like? What games did you play with your family or on the street with your friends? We learn a lot about each other through our stories. So you mentioned that, you know, you made that documentary and you were hooked on storytelling. Can you talk a little bit about what you did after you graduated from nursing school and how long it took you to become a health reporter and start using those skills professionally? So I graduated from nursing school and took a position as a, a staff bedside nurse um, at a major medical center during the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic here in New York City. I was very green as a clinician. I was floated to units where there were entire floors caring for people living with HIV and AIDS prior to the treatment strategies and protocols that we have today. So most of the patients were dying and most of those patients were on multiple tubes, medications, needing very important direct care that I was unequipped to deal with. So almost every day when I was floated to a situation in the very brief three months that I worked in a bedside setting under these environmental situations and understaffing, not unlike today, I would go down to the director of nursing who really came to hate me. And I would say, I'm protesting this assignment. I was 31 years old. I was not a new nurse in my early twenties. I'd had some lived experience as a worker and being raised by a family of, you know, kind of uh, people who speak their minds. And he would say to me, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, in my docket of my file, I want you to write that I'm protesting this assignment because I'm underqualified and it's understaffed. And I would do that every single time. Finally, I'd walk in and he'd put his hands in his head and go, oh no, here she comes again. So after I tried to mobilize nurses who are on the units that I was working on as a new person without a lot of really important strategies yet designed myself, I realized that I would be a better advocate if I left the system at that point, gained some more education and became someone who could advocate for patients and for nursing, certainly first for patient care uh, through the ability to be a nurse and use my voice. And I went back to graduate school for a degree in public health and urban planning because of the influence of cities and space on public health as someone who was also interested in that. And that was my brief uh, bedside nursing experience. I have nothing but other respect and uh, amazing respect for bedside nurses. It just wasn't something that I was good, that good at to be under those environments and that circumstances. And I found my voice and my work 
uh, advocating using media. My radio introduction being on Every Woman's Space was launched. I then started co-producing. I was hosting on air. I became a senior producer. And today I still produce. Our show is now called Health Cetera. We're producing out of the Catskills with my dear colleague and friend, Dr. Diana Mason. We have a weekly program where we're covering local, regional, and national health news. Yeah, I think that's incredible. I mean, that's why the profession of nursing and a degree in nursing, is, I find so incredible because there are so many different things that you can do. You know, I had a very short stint about a year as a critical care nurse. I knew it wasn't for me. I never wanted to be a bedside nurse. But the nurses that I worked with who had been there for decades, I still, to this day, find them to be the smartest, most compassionate individuals I've ever worked with. And I talk to students all the time who are getting a degree in nursing, but don't necessarily want to work at the bedside. I mean, you are a great example of how you can take your nursing degree, take that lens, and then spin it out and still keep working to advocate for patients and for the profession. Like you, Marion, I talk to student nurses um, a lot. I'm often invited you know, to speak in classes and it's often the senior year, often they're exiting you know, shortly after and I'm invited to talk about what are the different ways one can be a nurse. And like you have um, beautifully articulated the incredible knowledge scholarship research and humanistic approach to care that nurses bring. And one, one, of my, um, one of the things that I do now is before I even begin to talk about me, I ask them to go around the room and talk about what they're passionate about. And it does not have to be related to nursing. So I find out who's painting in watercolors, who cuts hair on the weekends because that's how she's paying her bills who is an aerobics instructor and on and on. And invariably, they look at each other and say, we have been in school together for two years or four years and I never knew that about you. So for those who are listening, share with your colleagues and friends, what are you passionate about? And then like me maybe, or not like me, figure out how you can integrate it into the practice of nursing that you choose for your future. So the person who's cutting hair, we all know there are patients in long-term care facilities, people who are homebound if you're a community health nurse, and maybe what you will offer as part of your care, which health is defined in such a broad way, might be that to make someone feel so much better, you'll bring your hair clippers with you and help them look in the mirror and see a person that they feel better about. Not that looks are everything, but nothing like refreshing someone. Or if you're an aerobics instructor, think about what can you translate while someone is bed bound and help them with some you know, toe exercises or yoga stretches, everything that could be safe for them. Don't leave out, integrate things in your life that matter to you in your practice. And I think you'll have a, a journey that will be as fulfilling as I find mine is. I love film. I'm still involved in film. I'm a a strategist for Carolyn Jones Productions on three of her films. I see films all the time. I have talked to other nurses now who are making films. This keeps my spark lit. Yeah, nurses are so creative. And I totally agree. We don't even know what our other colleagues and students are doing that could really enhance the care that we give to 
again, our patients and our communities, but even to each other. I mean, more so now than I think ever in the profession, we need some creative uplifts. I agree. And I've learned a little bit about you recently, about your love of NASA and your love of birding. That's put a whole other incredible light on our friendship and our collegialship about things that you are passionate about, Marion. And I really mean that um, sincerely, that I think all of those influences have an impact on who we are as humans. And some of those things are not, um, when we silo who we are, sometimes we have to, you know, sometimes that's critical to our uh, survival. For many people, that's even more critical. But otherwise, in the fast paced lives we're living, take a breath and share with somebody um, in your nursing circle what it is you're passionate about. I, I find out some of these stories also in the work that I do, Marion, on strategic communication training and hear what nurses are choosing in their research, in the issue of a policy or social issue that matters to them. And often if it's around the unhoused people in their community, you discover that on weekends, they when they can, they go to a food pantry and distribute food. Those are the kinds of things, that's the kind of storytelling you were asking me about just a moment ago. What is it that makes you fly? What is it that makes your heart sing? I want to know it. I couldn't agree more, my friend. And I'm curious, what are you passionate about outside of the profession of nursing? My family. Um, I'm a grandmother now. I'm a bubby. We call, they call me bubby. I have tremendous I'm so fortunate because they keep me young and keep me aware of everything that matters to me in terms of fairness in the earth. And, you know, I saw a film yesterday that I can't get out of my mind called Women Talking. It's up for an Oscar this year. Um, I There's a line in it that really I can't get out of my head or heart. And it's, what do we want? We want every child to live safely. And that's not just to our children. It's all children. We want every, we want all children to live safely. And that really fuels my social justice work. I'm also uh, love music and dance. I see as much art as I can. I say that it's bomb for my soul. I go to, I live in New York city. I have an opportunity to go to multiple museums and by myself. Sometimes I just go over and sit in front of a painting for a little while uh, it seems to fill up some space that needs to be reminded that there are things in the world that are good. There are people in the world that are good. And in order to be an activist and advocate for our patients, families, and communities, that's how I restore myself. And you also are on the board of Project Kesher, a global Jewish feminist women's advocacy organization. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. I have been on the board now for almost uh, 18 years. Project Kesher works in uh, Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, and Israel. All of you are aware that there is a very unjust, horrific war. Russia has invaded Ukraine. What we do is build civil society and we work with women and girls. I want to share with you how, again, my nursing influence and my nursing background has supported this organization. I'll give one specific example. I was able to be an advisor in Ukraine on a new podcast called The Truth About Women's Health. It's on their public radio station, pronounced Hamdaska Radio. 
when I started, their journalists were doing mostly live radio and tape radio. They had never produced podcasts, and I was able to provide training for their journalists. Since the war has started, we have been able to co-produce 24-part series on women's mental health and reproductive health during the war. So the airways, like all media, reach people during times when it's really difficult to get to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And that programming has had a huge impact on the lives of uh, people in Ukraine. In Israel, I just returned after a trip there for two weeks with our, some of our board members, where over 40,000 refugees from Ukraine have fled, and we are helping them before and if they can become citizens of Israel as a refugee, we're helping them with learning some of the critical words in Israel to help them find a bank, get a cell phone, bring their children registered for school, get health care. The LBGTQ community who have uh, needs for health care, we've connected them with a nurse, Etty Rosenberg, who works for their largest social uh, medicine system. So I've connected with a colleague overseas and she is ensuring that they have access to the healthcare that they need, which might be harder for them coming from countries, Russia and Ukraine specifically, where the rights of the LBGTQ plus community have not been established. As a matter of fact, in Russia, it's worse than it's ever been. So being a nurse on a board that, of course, be on boards that are also for nursing, but think about joining a board or finding out about a board through one of your passions or because of one of your passions and bring your nursing frame to that space. You have absolutely so much to offer. The work you do as a nurse and as a journalist and media strategist is just so important. And I wonder for nurses who are out there listening to this and interested in using their voice as a platform for things that they are passionate about, what are some of the strategies or tips that you could provide them? So people who know me have heard me say this before, but this poll that comes out every year about being the most trusted profession, what I say is if we're so trusted, leverage that. What does it mean to be so trusted and yet so unempowered? To have power hierarchies that really don't diminish our voices. Step up. Leverage that trust. How can you do that? Well, do you know a journalist who reports locally on health? Have you considered writing a column in your local newspaper? Are you friends with a journalist and you want to have coffee with them and ask them, are you using nurses as sources for your health reporting? That could be on tech, that could be on health, that can be on business, that can be on policy, that could be on education. We certainly know there are workforce issues. Just this past week, I, I was invited by a professor of journalism at a school here in Brooklyn to bring uh, my, my skills to talk about what was the nursing strike here in New York City the beginning of January. What I did was I invited a nurse that I knew who was on the picket line to join me. We spent an hour and a half talking to these journalism students who are first year. You can bet they'll be using nurses as expert sources going forward. I also would recommend that you think about what is the organization that you belong to? Are they encouraging their membership to get media savvy? Are they offering media training? California ANA, ANA California, excuse me, is offering media training to their uh, membership. Are you also thinking about how you can 
write um, an editorial or a letter to the editor when you read an article or hear a broadcast and say, wait a minute, why is a physician speaking about the nursing shortage? I can offer some expertise on that. Yes, as colleagues, we want them to speak up, but I've seen a number of physicians be the source to talk about nursing shortages. Again, there are many ways, if writing is something you love to do, start writing. If you wanna co-author an editorial with a colleague, co-author. Use your voice, use what you know, and help the public to better understand what it is nurses do and who we are. Yeah, we really need more nurses speaking up and speaking out. I mean, I say this almost all the time, generally on this podcast and on social media, we need to control the narrative of what is being reported on our profession. And we can only do that when we have nurses speaking up. And I know that it's difficult for some nurses, you know, hospitals sometimes block nurses from speaking out. But if you are able to, we really do need more nurses speaking up. And you're absolutely right, Marion. Know what your institution's policy is on media and speaking to journalists. Whether you're speaking about your institution or any connection that could bring you back to the institution. There are nurses nationally, especially during the COVID pandemic, which we're still in, that were fired or disciplined for speaking to the media or using digital and social media. Some of those cases have been reversed. Some of those cases are pending. That's not to frighten you about using your voice. That's to direct you to get to know what your policies are and know what is public information that you can share because it's already public information. For example, this nurse who was striking did an interview, uh, not just in this classroom, for a pretty major public radio station. And she only used the facts that were already public information, the salaries of the CEO, the salaries of the chief nursing officer. And again, it was more about the um, staffing issue. It was not about only salary and benefits, which were pretty much decided on four months, settled four months prior to them striking in January. That was strictly around staffing ratios. Well, Barbara, is there anything else you would like us to know before we end? That you matter, every nurse matters, and find the path that will help you connect address the structural racism in nursing, use your leverage of being trusted. Think about how you can connect with others and address these issues that will increase access to care, health equity, and of course, make our world a better place while we do it. I think each and every one of us, in addition to those who are using media for the purposes of advancing health, need to reflect on our own biases and look at how nursing culture has the need to address their racism and work towards anti-racism. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for joining me today. If organizations want to reach out to you and use you as a media strategist, how do they find you? My website is barbaraglickstein.com. You can find me on Twitter, although I'm re-examining that whole relationship, but I'm at bglickstein. G-L-I-C-K-S-T-E-I-N. You can direct message me. And my Gmail is barbara.glickstein at gmail.com. Barbara, I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much. The same. Thank you. Hello, Marion. Hello, Angela. How's it going, my friend? It's amazing. 
How are you? I am great. I finally got to interview my friend and colleague, Barbara Glickstein, who I just absolutely adore. That was an incredible interview. Barbara is an amazing personality and very, very inspiring. And I, again, her passion for advocacy and speaking out for nurses and telling nurses stories was so incredibly inspiring. It made me adjust some plans to sign up for a writing workshop so that I can start writing some stuff. And uh, I really, I mean, her message is so incredibly important that in order to make the change and have people understand what it is we're doing, we need to tell the stories. The data is all out there. If it was really just about the data, then there wouldn't be any issues. We would be able to, you know, have safe staffing and have, you know, appropriate um, staffing ratios and things like that. But it's, it's really about the stories. That's what convinces people that things need to change. Yes. And Barbara has really become such a great mentor and leader in the media space that she can really help to guide nurses to use their voices in really efficient ways. And, you know, I've learned so much from her over the years on how to use my voice and when to use my voice and the skills uh, it takes to use one's voice. And I highly recommend nurses who want to learn these things to check her out and start participating. I couldn't agree with you more. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. With special thanks to Jonathan Zhu for his assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing Podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you do your podcast listening. And if you can, please do us a solid and rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.